0: I originally got my degree in digital design, so I was doing a lot of animation and, you know, programming and interaction and things like that. And then somehow found my way to the world of medicine. It kind of felt, I guess, empty in a way. It was it was, you know, you know, making movie posters and things like that. So it was kind of cool to do and to talk about and the people I was meeting was was great. But um at the end of the day I didn't feel like uh, what I was doing really meant much. It was still fun. I still like doing that kind of stuff in my free time, but it was kind of taking the forefront of my life, and that wasn't, you know, where I saw my life going. I graduated from, from design school in Cincinnati, and then I decided to to go right back into it. I started maybe a week later after graduation, went right back into to pre-med. My mom's a nurse, my dad's a pharmacist, so there's a bit of a, uh, it wasn't that big of a leap, I guess. At the same time, there's also this kind of thing like, oh my gosh, I could be a doctor. Like, that was like just so cool to think about that you could be a doctor and uh, just kind of what comes with that name and it was this cool idea but it was also something that looked you know the more I kind of investigated it, it seemed like something that you know you could still be a lifelong learner you could still have a passion for learning and you know nobody was you know it was kind of there wasn't this this goal and then you're there it was kind of this lifelong pursuit of something whatever it was that you choose to be it's very easy to get lost on the way I think you know cynicism it, Kind of can run rampant, it really can and and I think that there's a lot of people that are very much alike and that you know they put humanism first But but I think that it's easy you know especially the people that are training you came from possibly a different area or different time where they don't value the patient necessarily or they've just become jaded in certain ways or there's some electronic medical records possibly kind of came into, factored into it where they just kind of lost something, where they lost that connection um, and they're kind of perpetuating these, maybe some bad habits they may not see as bad habits. They may not realize that they're doing things that, you know, may not, you know, contribute to humanism and contribute to, to good patient care. Uh, and then you find that people start to adopt that and teach it to others and kind of pass it down. And it goes both ways. There's both negative aspects of that. And there's also positive things that I've seen. You know, I've seen, I've seen you know, certain people that, you know, certain professions of medicine that may be associated with just, you know, they want to get out of the room, they want to get to the OR, you know, get out of the way. but but I've seen people like that who who are just great with patients and they have five minutes with a patient and they make it last and they make it memorable and they make it worthwhile. And I've seen people who have five minutes with a patient and you know they're not they don't even look them in the eye. So I've seen kind of both ways. I think that you know, if you approach each situation to find the best out of it and to try to make yourself better and challenge yourself and always kind of reevaluate yourself and question, you know, why am I here? What am I doing? Does this particular thing really matter? Does it really matter that I kind of have to complete my note on time so I can get to whatever I have to get to and get home? Or should I spend the extra five minutes and really make something, make a moment that's actually helping heal someone, or whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it is. Always kind of reevaluating yourself and making sure that you're kind of on that path that you want to be. Always just kind of changing, because I think if you stay stagnant, then you're going to become that kind of person that may be cynical may not really put the patient first. I'm a fourth-year medical student at Cincinnati, and you're the medical student, you're the last kind of, you know, that last rung on the team, whereas, you know, the attending, the fellow, the resident, then the medical student. So sometimes you're kind of just trailing after everybody else in a way. Sometimes you feel like that. So to spend that extra time with the patient, you may actually, you know, cause disruption in the normal rounds that happen with the team because you're not there for the next patient, or you know, you're not there to you know do a certain part of the physical exam or take the note or change the orders or things like that. I think a lot of times you can get stuck in that. You know, how this is how that team works. I, I can't really work outside of that, or else I'm going to upset someone who's going to evaluate me poorly, or I'm going to get a poor grade, or you know, I'm going to tick somebody off that's very important. And you fall into that role where, all right, I'm just going to go by status quo and that's it. And, and you know, I find myself you know sometimes doing that. I was on my internal medicine service and. Uh, there was a patient who had, you know, he had had a whole long history, but um, he had had uh, diverticulitis that had kind of become complicated. He had to have a abdomen opened. He had to have a col- uh, colostomy, and you know, in, in all that, he also had some heart problems. He had to get a heart cath. He had, uh, you know, he had all these kind of problems, just kind of compounding, and. It, he's just seeing all these different teams every single day of his life. He's seeing a you know, different clinic. He's in the in the hospital. He's in another clinic. He's in the back in the hospital. So his life is the hospital, and and I think that you know all these different teams, all these interdisciplinary teams, it didn't really work together to really kind of clarify what's going on. Because I would just see him. You know, we're having conversations about his care, and he's just kind of just nodding and saying yes, yes, okay, yeah. And we say that does that sound good to you? And he says yeah. And I could see that there was kind of this he wasn't really understanding necessarily, or he wasn't he was, he just wasn't getting it. so you know after you know several days of kind of interacting in that way, you know as a medical student, you show up really early, you do your pre rounding so you'll see the patient. So I'd kind of spend those extra moments you know that were my time that weren't you know the whole team rounding. I'd spend those extra moments to really get to know him, to understand what his you know kind of trepidations are about certain things, to understand what his confusions are. And then after the rounding, actually, I would go back and say, hey, did you understand everything we talked about? Did you, you, did you know what was going on? Do you know what the plan is? And you know, many times I'd find out that he didn't. And I think that's kind of, a lot of people use this kind of teach-back method, and that you say, you know, now you tell me what we just talked about. And that wasn't really happening, so I kind of used that in my own. I, used, I went on my own and just kind of talked with him about that. As a medical student, you have that liberty. If you're the attending or if you're a fellow or resident, you have a lot more responsibility, so you may not have the liberty to go back and see a patient for twenty minutes. But early on in my career, I think this is a good time to do that and to make to get even more efficient with that. To the point where, if I have five minutes to spend with a patient, it's you know it's the longest five minutes it could possibly be. It's really just make that moment worthwhile. And and he was the kind of patient that you know I I knew what all his outpatient procedures would be. I knew what all of his uh, clinic visits would be. So I made sure I called him, followed up with him. I was done with my rotation, and then a month later, I still was calling him. I was on a different rotation, just kind of saying, hey, how are things going? You know, how was that visit and with a cardiologist and all that kind of stuff? I think you can find those opportunities if you really put in the time and the effort. And it, it would have been easy to just not go back or you know, not spend that extra five minutes to have a conversation uh, in the morning with him. I think just finding those, those moments and always kind of reevaluating, why am I here? What am I doing? I mean, this is a very significant moment in this patient's life, most people, you know, when they think about things, they think of, oh, I had this hospitalization. Like, it, was, it was just huge. Like, that's a huge event. And to us, it's just like, oh, it's just another patient on the list. You know, let's try to get them off the list. Putting yourself in their shoes and realize that just spend that little extra minute. They may not remember you, but they'll remember how they felt, and I think that's important.